Hello, everyone, and welcome to GivePod, Greater Vancouver's business podcast, exploring the challenges and opportunities facing our region. I'm Bridget Anderson, President and CEO of the Greater Vancouver Board of Trade. While everywhere you turn right now, there is talk about inflation, rising costs, and labor challenges. There's a lot for businesses to navigate. So we've launched a new series called The R Word to take a closer look at the impacts of an economic slowdown on our economy and opportunities to build resilience despite the headwinds. There's a saying that every company is a tech company. There is some truth to that, given the acceleration of technology over the past few years. Despite that, though, adoption remains a challenge for smaller organizations. A recent survey we released shows over 70% of small businesses do not plan to adopt technology this year. Today, I'm joined by Darian Kovacs, founder of Jelly Digital Marketing and digital advisor for the Canada Digital Adoption Program. Nice to see you, Darian. Good to see you too. Let's start off with your own personal story. Uh, you started Jelly about 10 years ago. So give us an idea about your company and what you do. Yeah, I, back then, uh, I'd been prior to that a, a youth worker and uh, had done a lot of work in the internet and app space, so building apps for people. And so I saw this huge opportunity because Facebook had just opened up itself to the world. And so mm -hmm. brands were trying to figure out how do we be there. And so we took this world of traditional PR, uh, being on social media channels as a brand, and also uh, understanding the kind of the Google ad sphere because Google had released ads and allowed brands to uh, run ads on its platform. That seems just so long ago now, doesn't it? And so you started off, you know, as a marketing agency, but you really have expanded uh, a lot. I mean, I looked at uh, your website and you do so much more. So how have you morphed your business? I think we've kind of gone with the flow. And I think like all businesses are facing today uh, with these major changes, even within technology, whether it's uh, the fact that the Facebook ad game has changed significantly in the last few years, especially for those in the housing uh, business. Uh, mm -hmm. They uh, didn't allow certain types of ads for certain types of businesses. And now uh, with Apple and uh, taking away cookies, so not just the cookies you get to eat, but the cookies that allowed us to track data and track information and what people are doing uh, all over their devices, uh, you have to change and you have to shift. And so being able to have, uh, think of it like a Batman belt of resources and tools under the umbrella of marketing or under the umbrella of advertising, I think more than ever, we need to look at all of the options that we have on the table. Yeah, there's so much to dig into here because that move to take away those cookies has really, really changed it. On the same hand, though, like there's still so much information out there about individuals and businesses. I mean, has it really made a difference? It has made a big enough difference for those that are were relying on Facebook ads and the algorithm mm -hmm. of the ads and the tracking of those ads. Uh, the other big shift we've seen is uh, if you think of if you uh, you know lease the office that you're in, Bridget, or if you you know rent the home that you're in, you don't actually own it. And so if the landlord wants to make a change, they could make it kind of, you know, in some ways at a women of fancy, but you know, there's some protections <laughs> for us. But um, in the same way, but if we right now, all of our brands that are on social media channels, we're on leased land. So anytime Facebook wants to make a change or Instagram or LinkedIn, we're at their mercy. Mm -hmm. And so more and more brands are seeing that uh, the algorithm used to be very generous. And at least in the last three years, we've seen a significant change there as well of our organic posts, the posts that we post just naturally without ad revenue. Uh, we don't see the reach we used to. And so my biggest encouragement more than ever 
the social channel, so the form of media that you socialize with, the e-newsletter is more important than ever. Okay. Uh, I want to come back to that because I, I, you know, I think that over the pandemic, obviously, as I mentioned, a lot of companies had to go virtual, whether it was through their their products, the sales of products or sales of services. I mean, everything kind of went online for a period of time there. And that trend has continued. So you, another role that you have is a digital advisor for the Canada Digital Adoption Program. Some people call it CDAP. So what is that program and how are you trying to help businesses get on the train? Yeah, so the federal government put in $4 billion with a B into this program and and they kind of put it into two streams. So there is stream one, where if your revenue at one point in the last three years, kind of the fiscal year, uh, made $500,000 or less gross revenue, uh, you kind of go in the stream where they'll give you a youth uh, advisor that will give you a strategy, uh, kind of a three or four page strategy, and then they'll give you $2,400 to adopt a technology uh, that has to do with that strategy. But if you are like many businesses here in Vancouver, whether you're a, a restaurant or a you know, manufacturer, whatever it looks like, if you have $500,000 or more in gross revenue at one point in the last three years and less than 500 staff, then you fill out a 10-minute form that you just log in with your GC key or your personal bank account and you get an immediate approval and that gives you three um, kind of waves of money. So wave one, uh, you get $15,000 to hire a digital advisor who, uh, if you, you know, in the words of uh, Vanilla Ice, you know, stop, you got to stop for a moment, breathe a bit, look at your business, collaborate and listen and kind of figure out where you are as a company. Um, and it's, I think it's one of the coolest things ever. Cause I don't know if you remember a few mm-hmm. years ago, there was this grant they gave out where they're like, anyone who wants $15,000 for a website upgrade is from the province. We're going to give you this. Um, but it was a huge, sad failure in the sense that many people attempted to do things and it, it actually went backwards in web development or it went to vendors outside of the country and then they gave them money and they never saw them again. So it was a really kind of sad um, experience that a lot of people got hurt by. So in this program, it's almost the opposite. The feds are saying, here's 15 grand to just strategize, just audit, just plan, just to look at your competitors, you know, and keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. And then once you're done that, we'll give you $7,300 to hire an 18 to 30 year old. And then you can then get up to $100,000 interest-free loan from BDC for up to six years. So what has that uptick been like? Are, I mean, are you seeing, like, you're a, a digital advisor for them. Are, yeah. are you seeing that there's a lot of demand for this? Well, I, I wrestle with that because I think that's the, the topic of this talk right now is, you know, the, the old term, desperate times call for desperate measures. Mm-hmm. And I think, so I think there's certain people, I think it's a personality thing. Certain people are like, man, I see a recession on the horizon. Or I see there's something coming down the pipeline. They go for it. They take 10 minutes out of their day and they fill out that form and they're like, every dollar counts. And I want to take, you know, 30 days to collaborate. You know, I want to look at where my business is. I want to look at my competitors and I want to be ready to kind of like, as they say, gird my loins or, you know, batten down the hatches before the storm comes and, and they're doing it. But certain people I've also met who are like quite positive and it's not a bad thing, quite optimistic and like, everything's fine. I don't have time to take 10 minutes to do this. I don't have time for this. So I, I meet people in both boats right now that are thinking, oh, it's just a rumor. The recession doesn't exist. Mm. Well, I think the other factor, and maybe this is just my age showing here, is that, you know, you don't know what you don't know. When we talk about technological advances and acceleration, I mean, all you need to do is spend about 10 minutes on TikTok and you, at my age and you think, oh, yeah, there's a lot I don't know. 
And so for a business owner, it maybe would be, you know, above the age of 40, uh, things have moved and changed so fast. So it's just understanding. It is like, what is it I need to change? I don't even know the the verbiage to use. I don't know like what I'm looking at. What could I gain by doing this? I mean, we at the Board of Trade have our own digital transformation workshop, and you've been involved with that. What are some of those people asking you? What are they saying? Yeah, and I think it, and we can address this too. Like, the, I think you look at the SEO industry, the search engine optimization. You look at some of these digital, uh, you know, kind of skilled providers. It is a new collar type of employment. It is new skills. It's jobs that never existed five, ten years ago, and there really isn't any regulatory bodies. So in the same mm-hmm. way, if you uh, back in the day, and I, I don't think this happens as much anymore, thanks to YouTube and other things, but you used to hire a mechanic, and they could say to you, "Hey, you're." You're, you know, they say your whizzlewug is broken and you're going to fix your, <laughs> your quarterly moo. And I would say, sure, I don't know what's under my, I don't know what's going on there. Here's my money and thank you for fixing my waddly woo. I've always, yeah, sure. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. And mm-hmm. so I think there has been a history of some maybe predatory groups that have taken advantage of people on the digital world. So I think there's that history, but then there's the people and, and most of the folks who have done CDAP are in the 40, 50 plus range because they love the fact that they can do an audit and that the feds are going to pay for it. And so whether they decide to hire in-house using that youth subsidy, or if they decide to outsource, or if they decide to, to kind of upskill their employees, they know the language, they understand it, they get the landscape, kind of everything is transparent because you get this incredible document. Again, it was a, a $15,000 document that lifts up the hood of their own organization uh, that looks at what their competitors are doing technology-wise, it looks at what they could be doing and honestly, we've done about 60 of these so far, and 90% of the ones we've done, there's usually four or five things that the owner, the business themselves can do that's really low-hanging fruit that makes a significant difference for their brand. Give me an idea of what a couple of those are. Yeah, so uh, someone had a Shopify website. They were trying to sell um, you know, their products online, and we noticed that the way that they had built some new pages and the way that they had described the pages, when they described it to Google, it wasn't describing their product at all. It was oh. using industry jargon. It was using, they, they weren't taking advantage of the ways that they can code the site. So we showed them what they were able to do. And it took them about 20 minutes within Shopify logging in and making those fixes. They actually were doing it during our presentation. Like, oh, I'll fix that right now. <laughs> and and within that time frame, they saw just over a 200% increase in traffic to their site because of that small change. It and- really is that understanding of what it is. So the audit provides that. You know, we're thinking about, all these tough economic challenges that are happening right now and really, you know, feeling for those small businesses that are probably feeling it most acutely. The other piece of what we want to do in this series is to try and help those businesses, all small and and larger businesses, is navigate this and to help build resiliency for them. So, you know, you with your expertise and looking at digital marketing and the technology advances, you know, what would you say are the kind of the most important things that would be that would deliver the most ROI for organizations right now? Yeah. And to speak broadly, again, it's a little difficult because every business is very unique and that's why these audits are amazing. But broadly speaking, if you have a bricks and mortar shop, um, Google My Business is probably the most important social media channel to be on. If you only have uh, capacity and energy for one social media channel, Google My Business. It is free. It's uh, within the app, the Google Maps app now. So it's kind of combined with that app. And the things you can do in there, you can even launch a website from there. You can run Google ads from there. It is the most powerful social media channel that most people don't recognize or understand 
is a social media channel. Um, second thing is e-newsletters, e-newsletters, e-newsletters. Um, your emails that you collect as a business owner, and this is bricks and mortar or you know, online business, is crucial. That's gold to you. When you collect them and you could nurture them with a monthly e-newsletter using a free tool like MailChimp, um, that is the social channel that you own. And, I mean, and it really fun- is the way we speak to our members oh. through our e-newsletters all the time. And we do it weekly and even more often than not, because we have a really broad membership base and that it is a great way to engage with our members. Yeah. And there was a lot of like hype and sexiness to social media channels and a lot of people even paid to grow their channels. But if you want to reach those people, this is crucial. And another thing that you can do a really powerful type of ads, uh, but again, doesn't work for every sector because Facebook's are peeling this back for certain industries, is you can actually upload that list of your uh, people that you've sold to, of your customers to Facebook. Facebook then will study those people, their buying habits, uh, you know, times they spend on Facebook, their education, their likes, their interests. And it will find people like that, that you could sell your product or service to. It's called a Facebook lookalike audience. It is probably the most powerful Facebook ad uh, device you can use right now. I'm interested that you have mentioned Facebook a couple of times. Um, You know, I look at just how much the social media space has changed. Uh, I mentioned TikTok. I mean, that is huge. Like there is a real shift in the market. You know, what tools and what platforms should, maybe what platforms should businesses be on? Like, should we be on TikTok for business? It like seems a bit odd that businesses would want to do that when a lot of what the video content seems to me is, you know, funny things or dances. But how do you translate that for a business audience? There's an amazing resource. If you just Google TikTok, maybe buy it. It's this amazing resource and campaign that TikTok Canada builds uh, that helps business owners sell their product or services on TikTok. But again, going back to kind of the, the small businesses and medium businesses that are listening, Get, make sure your Google My Business is set up first, then add e-newsletter. And then when and if you're ready to add any more, it's kind of knowing your audience. Do, you know, do most of your audience people, is it working professionals? You want to have a presence on LinkedIn. Is it kind of that uh, you've got a really sexy product that you can make some great videos with? TikTok's amazing. And uh, maybe uh, you want to be like, hey, you know what? I have a little more capacity. So if you shoot your videos portrait style, so hold your phone up and down, you can then shoot one video and my grandma, she doesn't like the violent version, but my grandma would say you could feed multiple birds with one grain um, <laughs> and you film this video vert- you know, this way. And then you can then upload that exact same video to TikTok. Then you can use it to Instagram reels and you can then upload it to YouTube shorts. And yeah, and th- those all three offer that option now. And YouTube, I have to say more than ever, because uh, Bridget, you know this, if you go to a friend's house, you're in North Vancouver and you're like, you know what? I'm going to go visit a friend and they've got great kids, you, you know, it's like, you've got kids. I'm going to bring them some honey's donuts. So I'm going to swing by, I'm going to get some honey's donuts. And if you give them to your friends, children, your friends like, man, Bridget, that was so thoughtful of you. You brought, you thought of my kids. Thank you for yeah. feeding them. <laughs> you know, you even brought me the, the vegetable, honey donuts or whatever, right? Um, but the same way, if you look at Google, if you feed YouTube with great content, YouTube looks fondly upon you or Google looks fondly upon you because you fed their child YouTube. So you <laughs> feed this content. And so there is some, um, nepotism there. There's some, you know, uh, being aware of the fact that YouTube is still the second largest search engine in the world. So if you can create videos, especially that start with how to, that is the number one thing searched on YouTube right now is how to. Wow. Uh, you know, I think things have just changed so much. And I would be remiss if I didn't wade into this a little bit, whether, you know, you have from your perch, uh, 
and expertise have any concerns about the the way that information is being shared on social media. I particularly think about, you know, the younger demographic like my kids where they're getting some of their news content from TikTok. Not all that, you know, they are good consumers of mainstream news as well, but that like that kind of where there's the opportunity for a lot of misinformation. Um, you know, from your perch, how do you then ensure from a business perspective that you know you're you're coloring in the lines and you're being responsible and you're you're making sure that you're not adding to the problem. Yeah, no, it's tricky. We, um, so as our agency, we work with financial institutions, so FIs, and uh, you know, I've been sending them articles and data and research because the number one place, um, eighteen to forty year olds were going for financial advice was TikTok, mm-hmm. and the number one type of people that were on TikTok giving that financial advice were solopreneurs financial advisors, some of them not even regulated financial advisors. And so we were trying to say to these FIs, like, you should be on there. Like, here's a great opportunity. You could just re, uh, you know, redo this blog post that you've already written that's been approved and gone through the, you know, the, the layers of approvals and just repurpose it into a TikTok. But it was just very tricky to get large brands. If you think of like shifting a cruise ship or getting people to go into a world that, you know, it can be scary. And it, it is like that. It's like the minute you well, want put to put yourself out there as a big yeah. organization, you know, yeah. it, it is, it is, there's some risk to it for sure. Yeah. And it's also like, if I was to say, Hey, you should go check out Reddit and spend a week on Reddit, right? It's like asking someone to go to a country they've never gone to before, where they have to learn a new language, understand a new people group, understand a new culture. And so that's where brands I was recently interviewed by the CBC National about Zeller's relaunch. And and the big thing I noticed was they're on every channel right now. They're from, from Spotify to Pinterest to Reddit. They've got a presence, but they don't have any content. And I don't know if the social media person realized, like maybe in a boardroom, they thought this is a great idea. But also now they have to have a community manager on every one of those channels. Because if they're going to be on a social channel, social media channel, they have to be ready to socialize and respond and react. That is a a fantastic point because it's not just about being present. It's about creating and sharing and engaging on content. Yeah. And if you can do less, my biggest encouragement, anyone listening to this is be on less channels and just do a few of them really, really, really well and just be present there and own those channels. And and that's what I'm saying. Start with Google My Business, e-newsletter, maybe one more, maybe LinkedIn, um, maybe you wanted to start a podcast instead because you have a, maybe a more intellectual kind of thinking audience and podcasts would be a great outlet, uh, maybe Quora, but there's so at Twitch, maybe your, your community is really into video gaming and Twitch is a good way to connect with them. But whatever your channel is, whatever your place is, you know, just know that, you know, you don't have to feel overwhelmed to do all of them at once. Well, and there's lots of great people like you out there to help navigate this complex space. And, Darian, and the you... federal government to pay for it right now, which <laughs> is great. Up, yeah, you can use yeah. the, uh, there's there's money available to help. Uh, as you look out, you know, we're at the beginning of a new year and you look out to see uh, maybe what's on the horizon. Where do you think, like, what are some of the trends that you're watching for around technology and, and marketing? Yeah, I think what is happening, there's been a big shakeup, as we have all seen, just with staffing and and kind of the technology's role in this world. You know, we're also mixing that with everyone's desire to be back in person and and realizing that they did miss the human interaction piece. But I think more than ever, if we're especially looking at British Columbian businesses and and companies that are right here in our backyard, um, SEO, like search engine optimization, kind of where your website ranks in the Google ranking. I think we have such an incredible opportunity there as Vancouver companies in the sense that if you look at like we can look at Toronto or New York or LA and think they've got bigger budgets. They're a bigger country down in America. You know, we can 
feel intimidated by that, but there's this incredible kind of changes that are happening in Google right now where they're making it very fair. They're, they are actually equitable. And so one of the biggest changes right now is that if you are a helpful company, if you have blog posts and content and you're answering questions on YouTube, like that are like you have the answer to the question, like Jeopardy in the title of what you're saying, you have an amazing advantage uh, to have that presence on Google, which in turn allows you to compete on a global scale. Uh, we look at the can export grant that's trying to get businesses to go into the States, paying 50 cents on the dollar to export your business to the America, which again, desperate times call for desperate measures. We're seeing more sure. businesses aware of this grant. Um, but again, the investment you can put into SEO to be seen and heard in America when people Google stuff, uh, they're using that, they're trusting it, and they're looking for helpful content, not just the ads, because all of a sudden it gets you into almost kind of like, think of it like almost prepping you, like marinating you before you make a purchase. So it's like the foreplay before the purchase, because you then read this article and realize you're a really helpful person. What's your take on AI? Um, I was one of the, I don't know, millions of people who was playing around with that chat um, and didn't, I wasn't super successful at it, but I thought it was entertaining. I, I you know, I just think I, I stumbled a little bit on the technology itself, but you know, how does that factor in to all of this space? Yeah. And I think there is ways that it's already been happening the last five years. It's just been quieter. So there's amazing tool. Actually, we can all access it. It's called answerthepublic.com. So again, if whatever the size of your business, if you go to answer the public and let's say you sell cat sweaters, Bridget, you have a cat sweater company on the side. It's what you do in your evenings and weekends. Um, you knit them and you know, you're worried about cold cats. So <laughs> if you, if you go to answerthepublic.com and put in cat sweaters or whatever business item you do or sell or service, it actually searches and finds all the most commonly searched things about cat sweaters. And then you're able to use that data from all the searches over the internet, all over the world, and you can do it by country and by state and all that, you can then write blog posts and do videos based on that. So again, it's using intelligent information that exists on the internet, which is what ChatGBT does. It pulls information that already exists, puts it into like a, a you know, readable paragraph. But in this way, we've had kind of a, a layman's version of that already. And so you can see what to write about. And then in response, when you make those videos and you make those blog posts, you know you're responding to a very commonly asked thing. So in almost you're reverse engineering Google searches so that your site and your videos are found. So maybe to close out the conversation with uh, a focus back on some of the economic challenges that many of our members in the business community are feeling. And as they're thinking about where to put their dollars over the next many months and realizing that costs are rising and pretty tight labor market, and a number of other issues that they're facing, inflation, Bank of Canada rate gone up again. You know, uh, you talked about um, the couple of tools that are really good to start right away. I mean, what would be an, uh, an average or expected investment to get them on this digital transformation? Um, is there any kind of ballpark you say, you know, set aside 5,000, 25,000, 50,000? What would be, you know, something that they could start working with. Yeah. And, and again, I love BDC. Shout out to BDC. You're awesome. Love you guys. But um, so the, how the, the CDAP program works is that you can do the strategy, right? You get this great, you know, it's free. So take advantage of that. Although it, no, it's 10%. You do have to pay 10% of it. So be prepared to okay. spend $1,500 for the strategy audit, but you get this crazy, amazing strategy audit plan, workflow plan. Again, costs you 1500 bucks. Then you get $7,300 to get a youth to execute the work that's in the plan. My biggest encouragement is find a digital advisor, though, that will, will put a student, you know, youth work plan 
in their advising doc. Not every advisor does that. Make sure you find someone that does. So again, $0 and you might get that $7,300 might give you two months of work, no cost. And then the third piece, which is BDC's loan portion, you know, my thing is wait three months on to after that to use any portion of that and try what you can for free. Do whatever you can for free right now. So again, using tools like Answer the Public, blogging, just putting that sweat equity to it, um, posting videos on YouTube, using your own phone. Just try the things that are in the plan because there's going to be three months of work at least of things you can do for free. And there's mm -hmm. things that that youth has done for those two months, which was done by the wage subsidy. And then from there, you've got so much data because you've got the research, you've got the information, you've got the audit, you've got your competitor analysis. And then you might look at saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to dabble in like $2,000 on Google search. I'm going to try. Maybe you've got a company that goes to maybe a more conservative market. Maybe they still bing an older demographic that got a PC and didn't update their browser and they still <laughs> use Internet Explorer. It happens. You know, you work in you know government or hospitals, they still use, you know, bing and that's OK. Mm -hmm. But you might want to bing a bit and you might spend some on Facebook. And you kind of kind of test those three areas for a couple of months and see what the response is like. And then I would highly suggest um, working on earned media. So if you've seen the show, Mean Girls, have you seen that, Bridget, Lindsay Lohan? We all have, yep. <laughs> okay, okay. So if you think of Google like a super mean girl sitting against the <laughs> locker in the hallway, there's two things to think about. As your website walks down the hallway, your business is going down the hallway, Mean Girl Google is looking your website up and down and judging your website in two ways. First one being what brand names are on your clothes. And it's going to say, you know, what terms are on there? Are you talking about cat sweaters? Does it say cat sweaters, Vancouver, cat sweaters, North mm -hmm. Vancouver, cat sweater, you know, British Columbia. So that if you have all that on there, you're probably an authority on all things cat sweaters in British Columbia and North Vancouver. So it knows that. So make sure your website's coded right. Blogs are written about that. But the second thing that Google is doing as your website walks in the hallway is it's seeing who's talking to your website in the hallway and what are they talking to you about? So if your website walk, you know, walks down the hallway and no one's talking to you, you're probably not an authority on any subjects. But two or three people talk to you and ask you about cat sweaters and what size cat sweaters they should get. Uh, and especially if a really cool person with high authority asks you about that, which is like a website like Greater Vancouver Board of Trade, it's like Vancouver Sun, it's like the Globe and Mail, which has high authority. And if they link to you, that makes a big, big impact for the Google ranking. It's about 50% of where you rank in the rankings. So the next part, which again, may not seem obvious like digital adoption, but if you can get your presence on blogs, on listings, on content that's on the Board of Trade website, on articles in the Globe and Mail, articles in the National Post, wherever you can see media, uh, maybe you've got friends that own businesses and you do a blog swap, but all that link juice, all that way, it gives you that authority for Google to know that you're a legitimate source. I love the way you break this down, Darian. It's fantastic. Um, and, you know, if people want more information, you can go to the website uh, for, to look at CDAP. And really, there's a couple of, of course, criteria where, you know, you have to be Canadian owned and you have to be for profit. So um, lots of organizations are nonprofit would not qualify. But there's also people like you and Jelly Digital Marketing that can help out. So thank you for taking time today. Uh, really appreciate it. And what a great conversation. No, Bridget, this has been awesome. And and one other thing, uh, those again that are looking for money and free money that's out there, um, there's $10,000 per employee through WorkBC for upskilling your employees. So again, you don't always need to outsource. Consider the people that are around you right now. And again, if you want to button down the hatches, I would say I can't encourage enough to upskill your employees. The province covers 60% of all upskilling and training fees. And there's some incredible training programs out there. 
great advice as we are going in some pretty tough times. Thanks so much, Darian. Thank you, Bridget.